the 49ers favored in the Super Bowl Perloff, but should they be? Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, just outside Perloff talking to former NFL MVP Boomer Esiason. Yeah, what does Boomer got? Well, I said to him, why are the 49ers still favored in this game when you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side? And one thing he said was that he believes the public believes so much in the 49ers because what they've seen all season, the offensive weapons, when you match them up, more offensive weapons for the 49ers than there are for the Kansas City Chiefs, despite the fact that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. So I think the question is, how much is Mahomes himself worth in this game in terms of making up for, let's say the lack of weapons, but the weapon, the the in the the deficiency between the amount of awesome weapons for the 49ers and the lack of awesome weapons, at least in volume, for the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, if this becomes a shootout, that plays, it's not going to be Mahomes is going to out-weapon or out Game. I mean, they have to slow down the game because of those weapons. The Chiefs want to do exactly what they did to the Ravens, right? They want to uh, slow down the game, run the ball, keep it out of that offensive's hands. I, I think it's a little more than that, too. I think people are, as you said, remembering Purdy during the regular season. Think about the Ravens' loss, right? Yeah. Purdy and the Niners moved right down the field every drive in the first half. They just threw interceptions at the wrong moments. So I think there's this, I think we, I, I agree with what you said. We, know what Niners offense can do when it's at its peak. And we know the Chiefs offense is not doing that at its peak. There's right. every even the Buffalo game, they weren't as quick strike. They were played a nice ball control game. They're just not an explosive offense anymore. So if it becomes a shootout, I mean it's a big favor for the Niners, right? It is, but again, you have Patrick Mahomes who is generally worth a couple points on a spread, I think every week just by the by who he is. And I think it's interesting in this game, he's not getting that love. He's not getting that, uh, unless you think the spread would be even bigger without Patrick Mahomes, but he's not getting that sort of bump or tilt in the market just by virtue of him being there. Maybe that's because we saw in the second half of that Ravens game, he didn't do a lot. He didn't, yeah. he game managed, he didn't have to do much. He's but checked down Pat now. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember, except for the throw to MVS. Yes. Is he even trying to throw the ball downfield? Really. Isn't it amazing? You have this Mr. Irrelevant who's five foot nothing, who's out there pushing the ball downfield, and the greatest quarterback of all time is playing like Rich Gannon. I mean, he is throwing <laughs> screen pass after screen pass to and Kelsey. So well, it was also different because Purdy was behind by three scores and Mahomes was up by uh, ten points. Yeah, right? but Brock Purdy leads the league in yards per attempt by a large margin, where Patrick Mahomes has all of a sudden become this really conservative quarterback. Now, of course, I'm not saying that I give the edge to Purdy in this quarterback matchup, but come on, if if we're going to get into a car chase here, if it's going to be a high scoring game. The Niners have every advantage, and I think that's – I kind of see it too. And also I think that Brock Purdy's a complete unknown. If uh, if he's really calm and cool and doesn't throw that early pick, I think the Chiefs have a problem with that offense. What do you think – we're talking about the matchup between the 49ers and the Chiefs, obviously, but why the 49ers are still favored in this game despite the fact – that you've got Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, by the way, the Chiefs have the better defense. Now, that's another part, and I, I know you have a thought on this. This might be something that's a little bit more, I don't want to say reputation, mm. or just what we saw in the regular season. The Chiefs' defense, we're just not used to the defense leading no. the way. But that's how it's been all year long, yeah. despite the fact that Mahomes and Kelsey get all the attention. Then you have the 49ers, whose defense was really great all year, but in these playoffs have allowed so many yards on the ground. Yeah. They have not been themselves. 
No, it is bizarre. But if you think about it, we're talking about the spread, yeah. the public idea, I, I don't think you can erase your image of that Niners defense over the last two years. And you see the stars and you think they're great. You're right. The public perception is that the Chiefs are Patrick Mahomes' team and the Niners are a Nick Bosa defense team. Yeah, right. And it's, it's been the exact it opposite. But how can they get so much worse against the run in, in the postseason? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, they have Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. They these Added people, Chase Young. I know people aren't enamored well, with him right now, yeah, but it's another body on the defensive line. How can they not tackle running backs? What is going on? It's just, it's hard to wrap your head around. Do well, you understand? I don't. And, you know, if you listen to what these players are saying, they're not really giving you much, which I don't, I don't blame them. But it almost feels like it's a coming out flat-footed or something. Or, like, not expect. I don't know how you wouldn't expect that the Lions are going to run on you. I mean, what else do they do? Uh, <laughs> they, they run and they they throw the ball to St. Brown and, and to Laporta. I, I think that they're, you're never going to have a come-out-flat moment, though, when it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they were actually, this is interesting. The Niners were third in the entire NFL in rush defense this year, 89 yards per game. Yeah. Nobody could, and they, a lot of that because they were up. Their offense was so good. She so had to pass the ball. That's true. But they, they were kind of a brick wall. So I, I think everyone says, well, the Niners just calm down and play their normal game. They're a better team than the Chiefs. I can buy that argument. Now, that being said, we all know that's not how things work because the pressure of this is. Uh, will it affect the Niners? The Chiefs feel like they're the established team here. I don't know. The Niners were just here. I yeah. mean, they were here Super Bowl 54. I know Purdy wasn't with them, but now Purdy's played in a couple really big games, mm. and quite frankly, he's been the difference in some of these games, especially that final drive against Green Bay and the second half against the Detroit Lions. I mean, he he kept the comeback going. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, he's been great in the fourth quarter. Now, now make yeah. the whole plane out of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so the question about about defensively, right, how the Chiefs are going to try to attack the 49ers, is, this can't be a same game plan that they had for Lamar Jackson, or can it be? Why not? The Ravens were trying to run the ball, right? And Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, basically shut that out and shut that down for Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, the, that's the thing about it. The Niners are a little different than the Ravens. I think, and I think I wish I had seen this coming in. They came into the Ravens game and said, they watched the Texans game against Lamar Jackson and said, they don't pass, they threw for 150 yards. Let's make them get uncomfortable and pass. Yeah. So we're going to stuff the run and not let Gus Edwards go downhill. So that's the thing about the Niners. It's not as easy. What do you, what do you knock out? What's the thing that you knock out for the Niners? Obviously, I think Christian McCaffrey, which is very hard to do. But then do you open up the game for Kittle and Debo? Yeah, I mean, let's not forget how pivotal Debo Samuel was in the comeback also. He didn't get a lot of the headlines on this, but it was his yards after the catch. It was him making plays along with Purdy with his legs that allowed them to get back to McCaffrey in a way that, you know, got the 49ers back on schedule. So I don't know, EJ, you got a thought? Why are the 49ers still favored in this game? I think a lot of it comes down to, the overall talent profile of the 49ers versus the Chiefs. Right. Like we know the Kansas City Chiefs and the team they have, they are battle-tested, they are tough, clearly, but they're just not as talented as the 49ers. I mean, you know, the receiving core is Rushy Rice, Kelsey, and then say a prayer if the ball goes to anybody else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, in the so deep- you think it's a on paper, the 49ers look like the more talented team, but how do you account for the Mahomes aspect of that? I think the uh, it's a good. I think that's honestly why the game, the spread has been as close as it is. I, I think otherwise, if this was even a slightly lesser quarterback than Mahomes, I think the mm. Niners are probably four and a half, 
point favorites, honestly. Well, uh, everything you just said about San Francisco and the Chiefs, could you have said the same thing about Baltimore and the Chiefs? And a little bit, I honestly feel like the Chiefs have beaten two better teams. Uh, teams are better on paper. They won in Buffalo. So you can look at the matchups. You can look at the numbers. The fact is the Chiefs, uh, I don't even know how they did against Baltimore. It feels like they, the Ravens they, were even better. They bad. made Lamar the Ravens, play a game he didn't want to play. The Ravens were actually way better than the Niners, and they immediately took them out of their game. Man, now, first of all, I, my original pick, like every single other media member, was the Chiefs. I got to tell you, I'm wavering. I am wavering towards these Niners. Shocker. Mr. <laughs> Bandwagon is wavering. <laughs> well, I, because it's two weeks, and this is all about game prep. I just don't think Steve Spagnuolo is going to have such an obvious answer because the Niners can hit you in five different ways. Yeah. Here's the thing. Do you really, are you going to walk in on Sunday morning and say, I am betting on Brock Purdy not to throw an interception? That is like, will this kid be able to do it? I don't think any X's and O's or matchup or game plan. Does that guy have the stones to come out on Super Bowl Sunday against okay. the defending champion and play his best game? I get that. Can I ask something? I, I think I know the answer to this, and it might be obvious, and maybe I'm the idiot here, but... Brock Purdy's already played now in two NFC Championship games. Got hurt last year, obviously. Right. Played this year. Playing in these high-profile games. This game's watched by 50 million people. I know this is different because it's the Super Bowl, but haven't you played? And you get it. it the, the thing about the Super Bowl that's different, and Tom Brady has talked about this a lot, is how long the game is. That's the thing that you can't get used to, where the halftime show is you're sitting there for probably 30, 35 minutes. You know, all the commercial breaks are longer. Everything about it is just longer. I mean, the national anthem and God bless America and goodness knows what else. That part of it is the is the toughest to account for. But don't you feel like Purdy's kind of been on the big stage for a while? Yeah. For but a while, his, two years. But he was up in the Green Bay game and he threw what should have been a pick six early in the game. Something through a pick that got dropped against the yeah, Lions. Yeah, he's, he's been a little bit off on this big stage. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's been the same player from the regular season. Uh, once they start things, when they get a lead and they can do play action, forget it. They're unbeatable. Yeah. the The problem is the Chiefs have been so good about jumping out and getting the lead, and they like playing from ahead. So we'll see which Brock Purdy comes. I think there's an early pick. I do think he's going to have some nerves. I mean, okay. come on. I know, but... It's a Super sorry. Bowl, Maggie. Again, I know I might sound a little naive here, but the NFL is so big right now in this country. It's covered. It's over-covered. You know, we talk about it every day. We love it. But you, you're you exposed already to a lot of haters, naysayers, people who love you. You you get all that with, you know, Brock Purdy's, you know, one of the more... I, weirdly, I don't want to say he's a polarizing figure, but he's one of the weird, like... You know, Rorschach test kind of what you what you see is different than what I see. He's been talked about quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, going back to yesterday's show, I don't think this is a quarterback versus quarterback matchup at all. Like, they're just so – it's basically going to be who can get control of this game probably on the ground to start, right? right. Isn't that way more – both teams want, desperately want to play from the lead. Baltimore, you saw when they were down 10 points, they went into pure panic Seven mode. Seven points. They yeah, they couldn't come back. Yeah, I think it's interesting. One thing about the Niners is they've shown they can come from behind too. That might be a affecting spread. So if they're down ten, they're not going to panic because they've been doing it the last two weeks. Well, uh, the, I yeah. guess the more dangerous place for the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan is up ten points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a great point. <laughs> if you're if you, had to say it. if you bet the Niners and they're down twenty eight to fourteen, you're like, oh, okay, I feel good. If they're up twenty eight fourteen, man, you're sweating. I do, uh. think, I do think the one thing about that dynamic, if they do get down in this game, is we've seen who, them. Come, who gets down? Oh, uh, sorry, the Niners. Okay, is we've seen them make these comebacks sure. against 
subpar defenses. I mean, the Packers defense has played well in big yeah. spots, but over the totality of the season was not good. They just fired their D.C., and the fans are rejoicing. Lions have a really good defensive coordinator, but a team that has given up a lot of big plays throughout the season. Great point. Can you get behind 10 points against that Chiefs defense? I think that yeah. if there's anything Vegas is under, underestimating, I'm not sure if it's even Pat Mahomes or the offense. I think it's the defense. Right. They have two elite corners. Uh, Sneed is an absolute bully. McDuffie's an all-pro. Uh, you talk about Chris Jones. Carl Loftus is a star that I think a lot of people don't realize how dominant he is on the front first line. First-round pick. Yeah, I mean, he's a first-round pick. I mean, they, they have stars everywhere, too. I just don't think that because they're not the household names that – Warner, Greenlaw, Bosa, Armstead are on the uh, and Chase Young on the 49ers. They don't get the kind of respect. But if you're the Niners, I don't know if you can get behind 10, 14 points. Think that you can just step back with Purdy and just throw the ball over the yard and win. Yeah, but those cornerbacks, who are they even covering in this game? I mean, you're, the Niners are going to hit you with Kittle and Debo, Debo, and who even the Niners could neutralize their three greatest strengths. Don't even really go out against cornerback. McCaffrey's oh, never going to be covered by a cornerback. It was a problem Ayuk, in that last game. And, yeah, so they'll they'll probably neutralize Ayuk. I would maybe go under on him because they could put one of those corners. But that doesn't, those guys aren't going to help you on Kittle. Also, the Debo factor, you have to admit, there's one thing they have that Buffalo did not have and certainly Baltimore didn't have, that safety valve of a guy who's going to break three tackles on third and four. I, I think I think San Francisco is a little different. I think they're a bigger challenge to Kansas City. and you, They don't really know what they have in Purdy, so it's going to be a different game. I think their defense is not... It, it, they can't hold San Francisco to 10 points after holding balls. It can't be that good of a defense. I know what you're saying. Carl Loftus is great. It might be. Carl Loftus <laughs> is great. I don't think they're that good. That's just impossible. This is They're not the doomsday defense. They're not the purple people eaters. There's no way, there's no way they can do this again two games in a row. Also, we did get, speaking of purple people eaters, you made me think of it. We did get an update on what the uniforms are going to be. We have some details on some of the more little intricacies of the Super Bowl, which came out yesterday, I believe. So we've got that information for you as well. Um, also, I love this comment in the chat coming from Jesus, who said, Maggie, the playoffs are different than the regular season. Team adjustments are so vital. Who's going to make the adjustment in game? And which coaching staff do you believe will assess and be able to make those mm. adjustments quicker and, and make the better adjustments. Well, yeeks, because you got, you got Kyle Shanahan <laughs> on one side. And you got Andy, Andy Reid's adjustment, he'll use his timeouts too early, and who knows? <laughs> I mean, the two great coaches who game management is probably their biggest weakness, right? It's crazy. They great scheme, great game plan. But again, who's going to make the adjustments and who's not going to make the big mistake? What well, the Great adjustment question. against the Ravens for the Chiefs was hold on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It always reminds me of someone who's water skiing and they the skis go out from under them, but they're still hanging on to the rope. <laughs> and the, the, yeah. Anyway, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, it's Friday. We've got so much for you, including some major news on the coaching front in the NFL. We've got college coaching news also. Remember college football? We've got that for you, too. 855-212-4CBS. Maggie and Perlo. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone. AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. We're talking about perceptions and Super Bowl and the stickiness of the idea that the 49ers defense is elite, even though we haven't seen it on the field. And also the, on the flip side, the, the Chiefs are this high-octane offense yeah. and their defense is whatever. It's amazing how these 
perceptions are almost exactly the opposite of what we're seeing on the NFL field. Yeah, you're right. It's reputation. Yeah, so and I think often betting is based on reputation because the Buffalo Bills have been uh, third favorite in the NFL for five years. Why did my team have to catch and a stray? The other one, I was just talking about the Phoenix Suns seem to be sticky in the top three in NBA odds. Like, what are people seeing there? It's just reputation, reputation, reputation. I think it's hard to open your mind to new ideas. This idea that San Francisco is not a lead on defense and Kansas City is. It's its hard to do. Okay, well, at least I'll defend the 49ers that we have seen them be good on defense this year, just not lately. Yeah. You know, that's the part of it. The Chiefs offense has been struggling through most of the year, but we I, I, I feel like it was not a figment of my imagination that the 49ers defense was good against the run. They were a good team yeah. uh, as a really uh, good defense. I know there was issues with Steve Wilkes and they had to move them from the booth down to the field, but they at least were good earlier this year, but I get the reputation. Uh, let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS. Sam is in North Carolina. Good morning, Sam. What's up? Good morning. How you guys doing? Well, as a Niners fan, I'm a little surprised by the point spread, too. Okay. And, and <laughs> you know, pick them at best. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm less concerned about Brock putting the offense. I love our depth all around. We have a lot of depth. But Steve Wilkes and the defense is a problem. And part of it is a lack of talent and scheme. We've been worried about that defensive line all year. And you notice we, made, we brought in a lot of guys throughout the season. Chase Young is horrific against yeah. the run. And when and his lane discipline, the bump tackling, you know, Randy Gregory was better value. I don't know if you guys noticed in the last game, but we play eight deep on that defensive line. We played a steady four who got a lot of reps, and it really hurt us. Steve Wilkes is way too passive and way yeah. too slow with adjustments, and we are horrific on third down and 50. We couldn't stop anybody with this guy. <laughs> oh, Sam, and, uh, feel your pain. It's, it's, yeah, it's, the, the bad it's, one, it's especially for bad. Chase Young, was the was it the Jameer Gibbs touchdown yeah. where he runs it oh. in, and Gibbs is, like, shocked that he's in the end zone. He's like, wait a minute, is anyone going to try to yeah. tackle me on this one? But listen, 49ers got the last laugh, so. Well, we did, but you know, on third and thirteen, you guys got your guys back uh, there at, uh, at the you know the down markers. We need to. We're going to have to really make some adjustments, and I would love to see us go back to our platoon system on that D line because yeah. it, it absolutely was horrific. I will tell you, um, our depth though on the offensive side is. I actually expect us to, to use some role players, guys who've been on the bench a few times. I, I do think with Purdy, the one thing you do want him to get off. To, to a good start. But that being said, the kid, he's had his moments, but he never drives it off the cliff. Right. You know, he always seems <laughs> wow. to be able to gather himself. Yeah. He doesn't seem to gather himself. That's a good way to put it. Uh, Sam, except the Ravens game. He drove right well, off the cliff. <laughs> the four-interception yeah. game. Sam, yeah. thank you so much. Great points all around. I like a couple of things that he said yeah. and, and bringing up some old stuff, but relevant from the NFC Championship game. Is there anything as a fan that you makes you sicker to your stomach then when you have a third and long yeah. and the team hands off and they end up picking up the first down uh, on a long run, it is sickening yeah. to watch that when your defense gives up a long run for a first down. Yeah, I mean, there isn't their best third and ten strategy to hope that it hits the opposing receiver in the chest and he drops it because <laughs> that's the only thing that worked against the Lions was uh, Josh Reynolds dropping the football. That third down... Exactly what I remember the 49ers defense just being terrifying uh, that on third and long, Nick Bosa was going to pin his ears back and then somebody would come from the other side to come up the middle. 
what ha- Steve Wilkes has turned them into kittens. I don't understand what's happening. To be there. honest, against your forty, against your Philadelphia Eagles, they were tough. I mean that that defense. You know, obviously Drake Greenlaw gets into it with Big Dom, the security guard, but. I, I oh think my God! They, the defense was awesome in that game. But then last year in the NFC title game, Shane Steichen was able to pick them apart and get rid of the ball quickly. That's what Mahomes is going to do because he does not want to get sacked. Uh, Josh is in Harrisburg. Has a thought on the 49ers defense. Hey, Josh. Good morning. Hey guys. Good morning. Um, yeah, I mean, after last week's crazy game against the Lions, when I realized we'd be playing the Chiefs, um, I figured it'd be like a coin flip as far as who would be favored. Um, I do think Chase Young is catching a little bit of flack. When he first came over from the Redskins, he had some good games. I don't think he's had a bye because he got traded after our bye and before um, Washington's bye. So maybe he's just a little run down and needs needs some time off. And I think he might show up in the Super Bowl, hopefully. That's interesting. Josh didn't, didn't factor that in, so thank you so much for the call. I mean, Perloff, you love saying people are tired. Yo, that's a ninety percent of the game right there is fatigue. Uh, I mean, look at the, thinks that his Eagles were tired from the Super Bowl the year before, but it didn't show up until you were ten and one. Well, I will tell you right now, look at what happened to your Bills against the Chiefs. The Chiefs played earlier the week before. The Bills played, got moved to Monday because oh. of weather, and they looked exhausted by the fourth quarter. So don't get you, me started on the schedule loss. I'm telling you right now that. That is a factor. That's I know Andrew Bogus is here laughing at me, but fatigue definitely caught up with the Bills. If they'd had the same rest, who knows? Well, I, I got a lot of things to say about that, going back to the fact they had to play the Jaguars in London when the Jags had been there for two weeks. I'm glad Bogus is here because he needs to answer this as well. If you ever want to watch the show, you can listen to us. I mean, we sound amazing. We're obsessed with our affiliates, CBS Sports Radio across the country. Free Odyssey app, of course, is crystal clear to download. It sounds crystal clear. Sirius XM Channel 158. But you can also watch our show if you want to, which is YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio and Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. We have a chat. People are called the Weedos and the Coffee Drinkers because they're insane in the best way possible. Bucky Cheese is in the chat. So CBS Sports Radio canceled all single rooms. Now Perloff has to bunk with Gelb. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the Super Bowl room arrangements. Does Bucky Cheese know something that we don't? Okay. That is really interesting because yesterday, uh, our friends over at WFAN, Jerry Recco, was saying for years he had to bunk with Rich Ackerman. (laughs) (laughs) This was a big topic yesterday. Rich Ackerman, who does updates, uh, used to do it with the afternoon with us. Now, Rich is a germaphobe. Yes, he is. And according to the show, I'm not saying this, he is simultaneously a complete slob and a germaphobe. (laughs) 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 How does that... How, it makes no sense. He's a happen? hoarder, but he also basically comes in and sets fire to the workplace to scorch <laughs> off all germs from previous employees well, before he sits down and uses so it. That's, I, how you, that's how you kill everything. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't want to... Rich is out. I also... Peter Schwartz is also apparently had a room with a lot of guys for the years. Peter Schwartz is just too big to share a room with, right? Yeah. That'd be lower oh. on. No, like how do you even like navigate through a room? Pete just takes up wow. a lot of space. He's tall. No, I mean, yeah, like you don't want if you if you're gonna room with somebody, you want a small person to room with, right? <laughs> Just big spoon, little spoon. No, well, I'm saying Peter Schwartz when he goes to Radio Row probably gets confused with like a retired offensive lineman. Man, the guy's a big dude. Big dude, yeah. Don't Mascot. You, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is that Yuppie? 
I would definitely, yes. I would have no problem rooming with EJ, Bilotti, or Bogus. Aw. Basically, because they're, they're, you know, they're not as big as <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm a big guy, too. I'm 6'4". Like, I can see uh, getting out of bed in the morning and running right into Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird, because he's in the bed. <laughs> Wait, yeah, why, how would, would you? Be, who would be the dream? Now, this is one of the perks of being a woman working in sports. One of the detractors is, uh, or I don't know, one of the tough things is that you're basically the only woman. But the good thing about that <laughs> is that you get your own room, <laughs> generally. I did have to room with some guys at college once when we were, that was weird. Now that I think back about it, that was probably not right. But yeah. we went to call the Atlantic yeah. 10 tournament with the college radio station. I had to room with two guys. That's okay. In college, that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, no. I wasn't friends with them. It's still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Wait. because we were, like, definitely paying a lot to go to that college. So you think they could have yeah. sprung for another hotel room in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, we had <laughs> we had, we had had female staff members at Fordham, and if they traveled, they got their own room. And meanwhile, the rest of us, two, three, four dudes, would cramp into one tiny space. But that's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah. If it was flipped. It was a different it, era back then. Yeah. If it was flipped, it'd be the same way. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I'm just going to tell a real quick story. Back in the day when I worked for the NFL, I worked with a woman producer. Yeah. And we got, our flight got canceled. So we had a layover in Las Vegas. And she goes, let's get a hotel room for a few hours to freshen up. She was married and I was single. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> let's get a hotel room for a few hours. And it's finally happening. It, it, it turned out there was absolutely like, my mind's like, well, listen, I, I don't know. I, 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 and she had no interest in me whatsoever. She literally wanted to get a hotel room and freshen up for a few hours. Yeah, right. Just take a nap. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. When I hear, if you guys Probably hear, let's get like a hotel in, room. In the next bed over, just like looking yeah. up at the ceiling. Where, yeah. yeah. Or you like in your boxers shorts as she came out of the, the bathroom like all right i'm ready he's like no yeah <laughs> right now that'll get you banned from the industry forever back then uh, it was an oopsie yeah wait, but wait how maggie who do you think the best person to room with in this room right now would be um hmm. probably pete oh thank you you know, really? we, have same, we have the same taste in movies. That's true. So that's good. <laughs> comedy, <laughs> comedy sequels from the 90s. Yeah, listen, it's a, we're just going to do a uh, Police Academy marathon. That's yeah. Right. And Take a gun after that. Oh, and, and this I is basically my Pete's honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Pete's kind of quieter guy than the rest of you. Yeah, I can feel that. I yeah, think EJ, EJ, you should be pretty neat. You should, no. you, you, oh, you're you're no. a mess. Okay. Oh, I mean, okay. I I'm cool. I mean, I you're just a producer. I just so. ruined. <laughs> yeah, right. I just ruined with somebody last weekend in a hotel. So I I feel like you got they, good etiquette. Yeah, they they got the etiquette and experience factor. I've done this a lot. Yeah. And being <laughs> you know a young man who's had to room with dudes a bunch of times. Uh, but yeah, I'm not the neatest. Okay. okay. So like clothes around, it'll be clothes around. Luggage kind of be thrown around. Uh, yeah, Feels like you're out. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I got too many clothes. Yeah. I can't share the space with you. My problem with Bogus is that I think you'd be uh, judgmental. <sighs> yeah, I feel I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like yeah. If I screwed up something, it would make the show the next day. Like I feel like sorry, <laughs> yeah, I Andrew. mean, yes, of course. It's, it's all, all for content. It'd be a little stress roomy with you because I'm like, uh oh, Bogus is watching me like a hawk. That's his way of Wiping down the bathroom a hundred times. It's his way of getting his own room. <laughs> <laughs> Are we wrong? I mean, you're right in that if something happened, it'd be go on the air. Yeah. But it wouldn't I wouldn't be like a hawk watching you nonstop hoping for a mistake. She's like Prof walks by and Bogus is just <laughs> looking at you, trailing you, Mona Lisa eyes. <laughs> Did you ever have to room with Marash? 
No, because I was never allowed to go on trips with them. Uh, okay. So, but when I did travel early, I, I we had our own rooms. I think it's only right. I mean, we're all, we're, we're old. Yeah, that's part of it too. Yeah, we're I, staying in a hotel. We're accustomed to a certain yeah. lifestyle. Yes. We're staying in a hotel in Vegas, by the way, which uh, we do get our own rooms, but. I happen to know this hotel. It's about $34 a night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is what the NFL thinks of the media. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, your media hotels? Yeah, we're not going to. like gonna... the lowest rated one on the yeah. show. You're a baseball bat when you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great for us that we're going to be, you know, have to sleep at odd hours because of this show. I'm sure there'll be no problems yeah. with that. Actually, any of us would be easy to ruin with because none of us are. We just put our schedule together for Super Bowl week. Uh, there's no time for sleep at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm feeling very good about our extracurriculars that are planned, by the way. Oh, I know. This Must is going to be nice. Be, I don't know when we're... Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, what are we doing next week, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a hotel room. That's right. Would you like... Just tell us. Would you like T-shirt? My coworkers went to Vegas and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Would you rather some kind of kitschy... Snow globe. What do you want us to buy you in the airport? The trophy, the Super Bowl trophy. <laughs> Barney, <laughs> like that. Steal it. Is there a third Kelsey that brother you can pick up? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Bring her. We'll bring her back. All right, we got our marching orders. Andrew Bogus is here with headlines. Uh, guys, odd to wake up this morning and see three tweets among the first five in my feed retiring Jalen Brunson's number at Madison Square <laughs> Garden. I guess beating the Pacers in February is a big deal. Now to a minute fifty. One point, Indiana lead. Pass nearly picked off by Nimhart. Kept alive by Brunson. Driving into the paint. He's fouled and hits the continuation. And Brunson will hit to the line. Kenny Albert on Knicks Radio. Brunson scored 40, the most in a single game in NBA history, to beat the Pacers uh-huh. 109-105. It's the Knicks' ninth win in a row the longest winning streak in NBA history. Brunson's an all-star <laughs> reserve for the first time. I mean... I got nothing to say. Yeah, he can't even talk on MSG post game. Also on the East bench, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Tyrese Maxey. The West reserves include Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Steph Curry. Back on the court, the Cavs stayed hot. 108-101 in Memphis. Cleveland's won 12-13. The Lakers won in Boston, 114-105 without LeBron and AD. And the Sixers outscored the Jazz in Utah, 127-124. But Joel Embiid has a lateral meniscus injury in his left knee. He remains out through the weekend as they figure out how to treat the problem. Uh, by the way, do we have to do we have to talk to HR or something? Because the uh, the traffic problem with the parade next week for the next win streak is <laughs> that going to be here? Oh right, we're, oh thank God. Yeah. Because don't worry about it. Are they hanging a banner for nine in a row? You guys because see how smug this is. What can, what can I get you guys yeah. from the Knicks parade oh, next relax. week? What yeah, would yeah. you guys Fetty. like? Yeah, yeah. they can have realize... a stupid tournament in December. Where we can't celebrate nine straight wins. <laughs> yeah, in the, is, yeah, in the regular season. This is Perloff's personal hell. Not yeah. only are the Knicks good, that yeah. they've yeah. won nine in a row. EJ is a diehard Knicks fan. Pete, you're also Knicks? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Bogus and Nets, right? Pete's not a Knicks fan. And Perloff's, the superstar yeah. of his franchise, goes down with a torn meniscus yeah. as the Knicks are 
rising to the point where Jalen Brunson's like a folk hero. I came in this morning. I said to EJ, I'm like, this is, I actually said the word living hell for me. It's like, <laughs> why? Exactly He's like, said. why? He's like, why? Doesn't everybody like the Knicks? I'm like, no. <laughs> that is not what I said. I don't think everybody like Knicks. I said, I don't understand. This team is not a hateable team. No, no the fans like, are. This is a likable team. You're right about that. No, no, no. Tom Thibodeau teams are not likable. They're, How? They're grinders. They're regular Work. season oh, grinders. They're, they're hard workers. We, we don't like that in America. No, this is Villanova, basically. And I think Villanova is generally likable. Yeah. No, this to me is Tom Thibodeau's Bulls in another version. I don't think that uh, they're not my kind of team. I like offense and glitzy. I don't like, oh, I'm going to grind you out and Rick Brunson's going to, sorry, Jalen Brunson's going to, I keep See, doing sorry, that. His dad's there too. Yeah. He's going to dribble, 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 pump fake, pump fake, pump fake. I'm sick of it. Doesn't matter. They win. Exactly. It's, win it's, what? It's easy win to regular season. It's, it's easy to root for Jalen Brunson. It is. Yeah. He's six foot one. No. He's come. He come to New York. Everybody said he was going to be a bust here, and he's turned into. Nobody a said he was going to be a bust here. Oh, uh, come on now. Let's not. Well, it was, it was going the off over, the Knicks history. Yeah, come on. He over. I'm not trying to get into that. He overpaid, overpaid him. Wasn't yeah, going to work out. Overpaid him. Yeah, hundred million. Right. right. Looks like a deal now. Yeah, it's the best contract in the wow. NBA. I can't wait for Joe Allen Embiid in three years to go the Knicks and be hurt. <laughs> 70 out of 82 games. Look, the Knicks have do what? Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson in the last two big signings. They're both all-stars. So, seems to be, seems to be working out signing for the Knicks. Working out how? Um, they've come here when the Knicks were terrible, and now they're winning. So, yes. Winning out. what? What do you mean winning what? They were, NBA regular they season. Were a, they me, were a losing team. Me beating my daughter in Connect Four means more than an NBA regular season win. <laughs> Wake they up to that reality. They won a series last year. What are you talking about? They had a playoff series, not right. the playoffs. Right, and your they Nets were... had four years with Kyrie and Katie. How many playoff series yeah, they won? It was a disaster. Okay, <laughs> thank you. It was, a disaster. It was the ultimate okay, disaster. They had right. two big threes, right. and they still couldn't win a championship. Right. And you're, you're, your guy's talking about, oh, playoffs, regular season. Come on. I got to <laughs> I gotta say, this is Pearl Offs. Just personal living nightmare. It's, it no, doesn't but, get any worse. Uh, the thing is, I but, don't understand because like, I didn't the Dallas in, Cowboys I finally winning? I no, actually, I, I'm, it's setting up. It hurts now. It's short-term pain for long-term game because when the Knicks fail in the playoffs, <laughs> that's going to be beautiful. Just like your Mets. Well, how did my team come in? <laughs> I, I, I told that to you that when you have friends at work and they root for one team, I think it's it's just an instinct to hate that team. That's you don't only want to... you. I don't understand <laughs> no, that. No, 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 no. Walk in today, again, and I'm not lying, the three different tweets, and yours is one of them, about putting the guy's number in this raft and the Raptors at the Garden. He's an MVP you're, candidate. You're dressed like you're a Knicks sub tonight with your tearaway <laughs> pants and your warm-up yeah, yeah. jacket. Great jacket. There's it's a Jalen Brunson t-shirt jersey down the hall. It's a lot. That's what the problem is. Not Jalen Brunson. You it's know, you dopes not learning any lesson well, and making this wait, guy so, a legend. Wait, so... Hold Learn on. a lesson. I just they wonder, haven't had players this good in years. What are you talking about? I wonder if this is a particularly hostile work environment when yeah. it comes to fan affiliations of or other. I've never worked in like a quote. I've never worked in an office that was in sports. My parents owned a yeah. restaurant growing up, and then I've been working in sports ever since. So I don't. I've never worked in a traditional office. Sports Illustrated. I mean, but that was Sports Illustrated. Yeah, everybody it was fans of different yeah, things. Yeah, was, it was our job to water cooler this stuff, basically, and yeah. talk about sports all day long. If you talked about anything else, it was like, get back to work, talking about sports. <laughs> so I, I'm curious if our work environments are particularly hostile with fan inter- our fandom, as opposed to, like, if you work in a law firm or insurance or something. Well, I think... Also, there's something about the Knicks that brings it out. There's just something. <laughs> maybe it's the owner. I don't know what's wow. going on. Oh, no, but that's, that's, the owner sucks. I mean, but, I don't know that. But I don't know, it's, I like you. it's our buddy Nick Costos, who's supposed to be Mr. Analytical Betting Guy. Is, uh, like He's like, oh, well, we've already accomplished what Willis Reed did. I don't understand. All you <laughs> Knicks fans in the media, I, you're just way over Nick. the top. 
saying Jalen Brunson's number is going to be in the Raptors is not over the top, given what he's done in two years. It's not. Perloff, why There's can't you let them have nice chance. things? Well, can I, yeah. just, you, you were vehemently opposed to the Miami Heat retiring Udonis Haslam's number. Oh, Jalen Brunson's had a good 18 <laughs> months, serious? and you're putting him next to Patrick Ewing. Jalen Brunson is 500 times better than Udonis Haslam. I'm not having this conversation. Uda- I'm not. Udonis Haslam has been connected to far more success in Miami than Jalen Brunson has in the Knicks, and you can't, be- can't believe they retired his number, and you're putting Brunson next to Willis Reed and Patrick Ewing after a year and a half. Udonis Haslam, Haslam has scored as much points as, like, I don't know, like what, George Marison in the NBA. You're telling me <laughs> okay. that he has to have his number retired, but Jalen Brunson, an MVP candidate, shouldn't. I right now. George. Yeah, no, you should not. No one's number should be retired after 18 months. Are you kidding me? If Am I walking around retiring for the Doors number is the, for the Mets? Does, is he going to retire tomorrow? Come on. He's not, he's not going to retire tomorrow. He's, he, he's not, but is he going to score 40 for the rest of his life? He's a star. He's in the prime of his career. Why should I? Why, wait. You so, could, he's you, in the prime of his yeah, career. Did, yeah. It's a, little, so, it's a little early to go rafters. Thank you. A little early How to go rafters. rafters. Be excited. Yeah. Be excited. A little early. I mean, is Melo getting in the rafters? He might. You've Better already not. had people who have done more than Jalen has. He's yes. great, and he's easy to root for. But we, I think everyone gets their due. Right? I have a newsflash for you guys. He's already done as much as Melo has in two years. I oh know, but God. that's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> we're not sure Melo's in the rafters. Right, like, so that's my point, though. <laughs> I'm not rooting with EJ anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you guys would get no sleep. Bilotti. Um, Bloody, I'm struggling with you, buddy. <laughs> I can't believe Pete's two for two. I might be insulted. That's right. Well, let's just keep in mind, too, the uh, Knicks are being run by an attorney and not really a general manager, and that's what makes this even more, I think, an accomplishment. Well, yes, an agent. Agent. Yeah. agent. Yeah. There's no accomplishment. They've done nothing. <laughs> Zero <laughs> point zero. face. The organization. I, I feel, I they've I, done nothing. Look at the veins in Pearl's head just now. I can't believe it. They've done nothing. Look at that. Just I because mean, the Knicks are winning some games. Look, I don't think I don't think Jalen Brunson's number should go in the rafters yet, but you got to look at this organization, how they turn it around. It's it's a complete 180 from what it's been the last few years. Listen, here's the thing. If you want to get in the rafters, you're going to be up there next to Billy Joel. It That's takes right. a lot mm-hmm. to get up to the rafters. He'll be there. Maybe. If he doesn't get hurt, he'll be there. Anything else? Uh, I should point out that the NBA fined the Sixers seventy-five grand for uh, Embiid's late scratch last weekend in Denver. This was before the knee injury that kicked off. That's that, so weak. Yeah. The guy tore his meniscus. Take. Well, gonna... this was the, that came afterwards. Ugh. The the first original like Fugazi <laughs> knee they, injury. Was they the... knew he was hurt though. Yeah. But there's rules, and he was not on the injury report, and then all of a sudden he didn't play. All right. And seventy-five grand is nothing. I think they could put that in their pocket and not worry about it. Exactly. Uh, Otherwise, I'm done. That to you guys. That was eventful. Uh, Okay. Thank you, Andrew Bogish. We've got the one person no one wants to room with on the road. Uh, Coming up. (laughs) I feel that, too. The Cowboys have a conundrum on their hands. We'll get into that next. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Cowboy quickie music. Well, looking for a defensive coordinator. That's going to be on the docket now for yeah. Jarrett and company because Dan Quinn got hired by the Washington Commanders. Do you remember the defense when my friend Andy Dalton was in Dallas before Dan Quinn got there? Mike Nolan? It was bad. It was terrible. So I'm starting to worry this all-in talk and everything going on with Dallas. Is that big uh, Jerry Jones bust with a star on the side? Is it going thumb on Luis? Are we driving toward a cliff here? <laughs> I am... I'm looking at the NFC East, and I do not know about the Dallas Cowboys. Quinn is gone. They have to pay everybody and go all in simultaneously. Feels like Jerry is taking the reins of the franchise back. This could go terribly. This was one of your keys for their success. Well, you didn't say success. You just said this is what's going to happen this offseason. Well, Jerry's going to get nuts. 
I think that's what Jerry's saying. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't say keys to success. That's what all in means. Get a big name. At least get a Derrick Henry, who might not even be that expensive. But that's not a good move. You know, they're going to make some short-term moves, and the defense is now a huge concern. You can't feel great if you're a Cowboy fan. Losing Dan Quinn is big. That's your Cowboy quickie. I mean, the whole... I just, I think people were really down on Quinn because the prisoner of the moment, the whole team no-showed against the Packers. But that was everybody. I mean, mm. he had to wear that, no doubt. The defense was bad, but everybody was bad in that game. That's why they got blown out. Well, I think it was, to me, it's also, remember the Bills game in Buffalo? Yeah. There's, the formula came out about halfway through the season, just run it down sure. their throat. Micah Parsons weighs about 230 pounds. I think that, well, that's an, he's just very small, and they don't have the big guys up front. So there's some personnel problems. There's uh, there's something. I think the whole NFC East is is very watered down for next year. I don't know. The Cowboys have a first-place schedule. They have a new defensive coordinator. We don't know who the players are going to be. Uh, the Eagles are struggling, obviously. The Commanders have this new coach, Dan Quinn, which is uninspiring, I believe. Uh, so You and I will disagree on that, but we'll talk about but that But regardless, uh, it's just... I'm thinking about next year's Super Bowl, and like, the Cowboys are not jumping to mind right now. So here's the this is where I think the Cowboys made a mistake, and this is potentially where it could show, which is when you keep your head coach, but you don't really give them a vote of confidence, and all you do is just have them play out the last year of your contract. If you do want to attract a high profile defensive coordinator, you're essentially asking them to come in for, what, a, a a one-year hope and pray? Because if Mike McCarthy gets fired, you're getting fired too. Yeah. And everyone's cleaning house. So do you have – I know the allure of the Cowboys is, is, I'm sure, strong even in coaching circles. But do you really want to come in if you feel like you're on a ship that could sink midway yeah. through the season if McCarthy does anything wrong? Well, so the reporting, Calvin Watkins, Dallas Morning News said, Mike Zimmer, former Cowboys assistant, could come back. I think for an old guy like that, they can they could deal with a sinking ship. Okay, but is that what the fans want? The fans don't want, hey, bring in old guy on like the Vic, last legs. Like I, a Vic Fangio? Well, no, he's but already I, has a job. No, I'm saying a Vic Fangio type. type yeah, yeah, I think the fans are okay with an experienced guy. I think the scary thing is uh, have a young, hot coordinator who you know is going to outshine the head coach. I think Zimmer's okay. Uh, what's the other option? Al Harris inside the great defensive back coach. Uh, I just think Quinn has really uh, saved the Cowboys from a lot of defensive embarrassments because they were terrible before he got there. I'm really worried for the Cowboys. Yeah, they lost Trey Diggs, made up for that. Deron Bland is a pro bowler. I mean, lots of Dan Quinn did a lot of good in Dallas, even if the last game was bad. Kevin is in Oregon, wants to talk about the 49ers and why he believes uh, in this team. Kevin, what's up? Good morning. I'm becoming a regular caller now. Hey, since Love the it. Dallas Cowboys are the topic, I just want to say they suck. Um, <laughs> as far as the 49ers go, under Kyle Shanahan as head coach, the 49ers have had a reputation of not being able to come back, particularly in big games. And it occurred to me that their last two playoff games with Brock Purdy as quarterback, they've come back to win. And I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Well, Thanks Kevin, a lot. Yeah, I the, the 49ers trailing, I, I yeah. actually feel better about than the 49ers <laughs> leading. It's not the comebacks, it's the collapses. That's what you're worried about with Shanahan in a big game. That's, I love that. That's such a brilliant point. Like, basically, I, I want to watch the Super Bowl with you, and the Niners will be down 21-7. You're like, got them right where they want them. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> but, yeah, if Let's they're up. Brandon Ayuk deflection, the immaculate deflection, yeah. part two. If they're up 21-7, everyone's going to pick apart every call Kyle Shanahan makes, and it's going to be a sweated out. It's so funny. It's a complete reversal. You are welcome to weigh in. 
like to hear if the Cowboy fans getting a little nervous. This all-in stuff, do not get duped by this. Do not. Jerry's toying with your emotions. I feel bad for Cowboy oh, fans. Oh, you are there. so wrong about that. You don't think Jerry probably – Jerry's a fantasy football owner. I mean, think about in the September when you're they're like, this is a year. I'm going to win the league. He is going – he's just like you and me. <laughs> that is not a good sign. Uh, coming up, we do have more on the NFL coaching and the impact it's having on college football as well. The, all these things are interconnected. We'll get to them next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.